Miracy. So I feel like I've developed the skill where I can be present and look at people in my Zoom screen <laughs> and type on my computer, but I had to develop that skill. I can't really listen and type that good. You know, if I make typing errors, I go back and fix them later. Like any profession, coaching is not exempt from the need to maintain paperwork and notes. Coaching notes are made during the session to capture key messages, words, language, themes, observations that we have with our clients. And that enables the coach to remind themselves how to draw the notes, those observations back into the conversation. But how do you do that? How do you know how to write them effectively? Hello, I'm Melinda Cohen, and you're listening to Just Between Coaches. I run a business called The Coaches Console, and we're proud to have helped thousands of coaches create profitable and thriving businesses. This is a podcast where we answer burning questions that newer coaches would love to ask a more experienced coach. In today's episode, I'll answer a question sent in by one of our listeners. And as you probably figured out, it's about how to take notes. And with me today, I have a previous guest a formidable coach and colleague, and a dear friend. Today, I've invited Lori Wayne to the discussion. Lori is a certified business coach and a core member of the Coaches Console. And she's also an ACES coach at Miracy. Welcome to the show, Lori. Hey, thanks. So happy to be here again. I'm really excited to have you back on the show, but for those listeners that haven't heard your previous episode, would you mind just sharing a little bit of your background? Sure. Yeah. I've been a coaching consultant on my own for 20 years after having had a long career with Xerox in sales and sales training. And in my business, I work with mostly small service-based entrepreneurs to really help them increase their profitability in their business and to kind of get them off the money roller coaster to sort of keep them from going up and down and up and down and to just have consistent growth and in a way other than just working longer and harder hours. And then it's super fun because with the affiliation with Coaches Console and Miracy for the last two years, I've also been an ACES coach, which I really enjoy doing that as well. And I tend to work there with people who are more in the business to business kind of um, selling environment. And so I really enjoy having the combination of those two things. And I'm the coach team lead at Coaches Console. So I kind of like to have a lot of irons in the fire and do a lot of different things. And I just feel really blessed to have this package of things in my work life right now. Well, I know we are extremely fortunate to have you as our coach team leader and one of our coaches here at Coaches Console. And the skills that you bring to the coaches that we support in growing and starting and launching their business is incredible. And, you know, a lot of time is spent on finding clients, getting clients, signing clients up. And then it's like, oh, yeah, now we got to serve and support them. And involved in that is note taking. And as I said in the introduction, I'm going to read a question from one of our listeners. And today I want to have a conversation that will help them answer that. And the question is from an ACES student at Miracy. His name is William Hershey. And he wrote this. Hi, Melinda. I wonder how to manage notes for client calls and how to streamline a chart note for a client to reference key information efficiently, preferably in a central location without spreading things across multiple meeting notes files. Also, what's worth noting? When to note it and when to be present and listening? When to review recordings of calls, how to optimize the client experience. Thanks, William Hershey. 
So Lori, there's a lot of different places that we could start with this. One of the places that I want to begin is a lot of the listeners that listen to our podcast are often newer in their journey. They're within the first few years, the first several clients are kind of finding their stride with how they're working as a coach with their clients. And so it takes me back to the early days when I had my first client. And thinking back to that, I remember I was so nervous that I really wanted to do such a great job coaching my client. I was still brand new, kind of finding my footing as a coach. And so what ended up happening when it came to client notes is I wrote down everything, every single word pretty much that they said. I was just frantically taking notes the whole time thinking that, well, if I captured my notes, I could somehow go back to it if I needed to, I don't know, do more coaching or find other ways to support them. And I think that might be an experience for a lot of people. Maybe it was just my experience. What was your experience early as a coach around taking notes and that kind of thing? It was what you just described, (laughs) especially because when I first started coaching, like Google Docs wasn't really a thing. And coaches console. I hadn't heard of them as a thing. And so I had my handy dandy yellow pad and I had file folders in my drawer or in a binder in my closet with a tab for each client. And that's where I kept all their notes. And I would take a lot of notes, pretty much most of what they said notes. And I've put some other things in place now that help me know what things I should take notes about and also help me get more information from my clients before the call and to set them up to have ownership for things after the call so that I don't take just notes of everything. And I think a lot of that, I know for me, it was, there was this nervousness and somehow the act of taking frivolous, frantic, copious notes helped me feel better as a coach. Like I wasn't going to miss something. Although when I think back about it, it's like, well, if I had just done a better job of being present and listening, I could have understood what was being shared in the coaching conversation. So it's an interesting psychology that's happening about capturing those copious notes. And I really want to convey to, especially the newer coaches out there, if you find yourself writing every word, what are some things that we can do as coaches to shift and be more present, listen more actively without being distracted. So when does taking notes become a distraction? I think sometimes as coaches, especially newer coaches, we're like nervous ourselves and we're wanting to do like such a great job for our people. And I think that that note taking then does become a distraction and it then becomes a distraction for you as a coach, reviewing them all the time in between calls and those kinds of things. And so if we can get ourselves into that more confident place as a coach, we just like relax a little bit, right? Before we get on our coaching calls with our people, take a deep breath and get ourselves grounded to be fully present because so much of the magic of the coaching we're going to provide to people we have to be really good listeners. We have to listen for what's not being said. We have to pay attention to our intuition about what's going on in the conversation with our having with our people in order to best serve them, really, and to be really great coaches. And if we are just so focused on our, for my case, what used to be my yellow pad, scribbling those notes, it's hard to be really present for your client. So finding the right balance of those things is important. It is important. And let's talk about that, the yellow pad. Now, you know, when I started back almost 20 years ago, again, Word existed, but Google Docs didn't, and I too had my pad. But what I quickly learned was 
um, I think it's the artistic side of me. I have this ability to operate in both kind of spheres of my brain where I'm very logical and also very creative. And the artist in me loves pen to paper. You know, fast forward 20 years, here we are at the time of this recording in 2023. We have all this technology. I mean, we provide the technology in Coach's Console, and yet I still love pen to paper. And what I've learned about myself as a coach over the years is by writing, that's how I'm doing my active listening. Now, I no longer write down every word. I write down a blurb, a phrase, a keyword that stands out, a thought that pops up. And so if somebody were to actually read my notes, it'd be like, that makes no sense, but it does to me, and that's all that matters. But the act of writing is helping me be present and listen, but writing in a particular way. And so I still have my notepad and I still take notes. And then I transfer them to technology, the technology I use to support my clients. Do you still use your yellow pad or have you evolved away from that? I have developed the skill of being able to type notes in a Google Doc or in my appointment notes in my coach's console system. Because now we do all these calls on Zoom. You know, back mm-hmm. in the day, frequently it was on a phone conference line of some sort. So I feel like I've developed the skill where I can be present and look at people in my Zoom screen mm-hmm. <laughs> and type on my computer. But I had to develop that skill. I can't really listen and type that good. You know, if I make typing errors, I go back and fix them later. And still, my yellow pad is right here next to me right this very second. Um, I still find the pad helpful sometimes because I might want to draw a picture of something or really emphasize an action item or a point that I don't want to miss bringing up later in the call with them. And so I still take those kinds of very active notes when I'm in a call with somebody. Yeah. And I don't think it has to be an either or. Much like myself or Lori, if the act of writing on a piece of paper helps you to be present and listen and and process, then go for it. I know that I was on a call with a coach at one point and while we're doing the coaching session, they're typing and I could hear them clicking away and it was very annoying as the client. I'm like, "What is that sound?" because they didn't even say anything. Now, In a separate situation, I was on a call with a different coach. And at the beginning, they said, hey, I'm going to be taking a few notes on my computer while we're talking. If you hear something or see me typing, that's what I'm doing. And so then all of a sudden, I didn't mind that it was happening because they set the expectation. So I think it's about setting expectations uh, with your clients. And I've even had people that have handwritten notes that have said, I'm going to be taking some notes during our session together because I don't want to miss anything. And I want to be sure that I'm supporting you in the best way possible. So they made the act of note-taking, they made it about me, the client. And then I was like, "That's thank you so much for saying that. And I'm totally fine with that. But I think it's about setting expectations and sharing that with the client to help create a great client experience for them so that you can do the best job possible as the coach. Yeah, for sure. I so agree with that. And I do that all the time. And I even sometimes go one step further because my setup in my office, I have my main screen in front of me and I have another larger screen off to the left. And I usually have the notes up over there on that other screen. So I even tell people, you know, if you see me glance over there now and then it's just, I'm taking notes. And so I'm not multitasking and I'm fully present and here for you. And people like that. They seem to like that. Yeah. I love that. And now 
my personal opinion, and this is my personal opinion, but in all the years that we've been teaching coaches that are working with their clients, it's important to protect, and we have a responsibility, I believe, as coaches to protect the data and the confidential information of our clients. So because of that, I'm a firm believer that as coaches, we have to have a secured confidential protected area where we keep our clients' data, their personal data, their notes about sensitive topics and their session conversations. And so things like email, Google Docs, Word Docs that you send back and forth, while it can accomplish sharing notes, it's not as effective and not secured and often not reliable. And so I think it's important that however you take your notes and however you organize them, if you're going to use technology, it's important to have a secured way to to do that, that protects you and protects the client. It's something to be mindful about. And going back to what William wrote in with those questions, Mm -hmm. he talked about a client being able to reference key information efficiently. There's lots of different ways that you can organize your information, but I think it's important to not only organize ourselves as the coach, but it's also true that the client can be able to do that. And so whatever notes that might be shared with a client, for them to have a place to go to and scroll through and find that key information, it's part of creating that optimal client experience so that they can have the best experience possible as well as you. So it's important to think about note-taking and accessing notes, not just from the coach's perspective, but also the client's perspective. And I want to talk about when I was thinking about this topic, you know, and how to take notes, most of us think about the actual session and when we're in that coaching conversation. But I actually think that taking notes, it starts before the session because an an optimal scenario is a client can complete what we call a, a session prep form where they're answering just a few simple questions So that before the session ever starts, the client can get really clear on what is it that I want to focus on in this conversation? What is my challenge? What do I want help with my coach on? And the coach has the ability to review that. And so those notes are equally as important before the session on getting prepared in advance so that you're then able to go right into the coaching session, knowing what the topic is, knowing what the focus is. And then you can take those session notes during the session as well. There's all kinds of things you can do with that to help you be a better coach and also to put you in a position to serve your people, your clients um, more effectively. So I customize those questions that I have on my pre-call form that I ask my private clients to fill out, you know, based on what package they're in with me. The discipline, though, of of on the client's end of having them give some thought to our calls before they show up at them to think about what they're celebrating, what's gone well, to think about what their stuck spots might be, to have them be a little bit purposeful in thinking about, you know, what would I like help from my coach on today? Because they haven't just gone, oh, crap, like I have my call with Lori in 15 minutes and they don't just like randomly show up all out of breath. So it really helps them maximize their investment in a coaching package with you too, so that you can support them on their journey of transformation. And all those forms, again, they're archived. So I can go back over time at their pre-call forms and um, use those to support me. But those pre-call forms are really powerful as a coach. They're a great coaching tool and they're a great client support tool. 
Now let's talk about when it comes to note-taking. What's the responsibility of the coach and what's the responsibility of the client? Oh gosh, yeah, that's like a great question. And there's all different schools of thought on that. Like, I don't want to over-enable the client to lean on me too much because they have to own the actions coming out of our calls. Like, they can't be my actions. They need to be their actions that they're committed to and that they feel like are the right next best ones. So I ask my clients in the call as we're getting close to the end to summarize and say, okay, great. Based on our call today, what are your next best steps that you're taking or what are the actions that you're planning to take between now and our next call? And I ask them to own that note taking. Now I take notes on that in my private notes so that I know because I want to revisit the following, but I like to have my client have ownership for that part. I take ownership for what commitments have I made to them. I take ownership because my client notes much more look like, okay, where might they be stuck where they're not saying they're stuck? What should I be asking them that they're not asking me to ask them just to help get under the surface? And that's not stuff I would share with the client. So I like my clients to be responsible for their notes. And if it's nothing else, then what are your actions that you're committing to that are important to you or your next best steps between now and the next call? I ask them to own that. I love that. And thinking back through, like when I take notes with clients, what am I making note of? And a lot of it is my intuition. Mm -hmm. As I'm in a coaching conversation, maybe I've had several sessions with a client and all of a sudden I'm like, you know, I think there might be a pattern here. And I'll probably bring that up and ask it in that coaching conversation. But that's something that I'll make a note of. And I'll just, often I'll just write pattern with a question mark and then a phrase or words that describes what I think that might be so that I can bring it up. And then also in future sessions, review it and say, do I, is, am I still seeing this? Is that still happening? Or was that just kind of in that one moment and it's gone? What other kinds of things do you note in the notes that you take? Well, I note those patterns for sure. The other thing I take notes about I take notes about the things they're celebrating and the things that they feel like they've made good progress on. Because so many times I find with my clients, like getting the end result is super important. And we for sure want to support our clients and getting there. But the thing I know for sure is you're not going to get the results if you're not taking the actions along the way that we know will help you get the results. So I take a lot of notes about where has my client been in action and are there actions that it looks like they're avoiding that we need to put on the table and discuss. You know, sometimes we have to call our clients out a little. And if I've taken those kind of actions, they like to have me hold them accountable. And also um, how my client's feeling like, you know, are they not physically well or are they showing up? filled with overwhelm, those kinds of things. So I look for those patterns so I can help with that stuff too. Yeah, I find that when we take notes, again, when we talk about taking notes, it's not about writing every single word because we're nervous and we want to do a good job as coach, but it's about jotting down those ideas, those pattern celebrations, related areas, how they're feeling. The other reason that I, I use the notes is not just to pull up all the notes in future coaching sessions with that client, I can also use these notes for market research and it can help me know if and when the ideal type of person that I love working with, if it's beginning to shift 
for years, I used to help with a certain aspect of business. And then I noticed a pattern with all my clients. There was new challenges. And it's like, oh, hang on a second. And so I needed to also adjust the way I talked about my services. And so a lot of the information from our client notes can help provide market research to make sure that we keep attracting the ideal type of client that we want to work with. Oh gosh, yeah. And that is so true because like I'm even seeing some of that emerge in my private business like right now. You know, we are doing a lot of work on process and efficiency and, you know, money mindset around your pricing and those things in people's businesses. But this thing keeps coming up that just keeps pinging me. I just have it parked in the corner of my yellow pad. (laughs) It's over here um, percolating. So I may or may not make some tweaks in how I serve people to emphasize that a little bit more too. The other topic that William brought up when he wrote in was recordings, when to review recordings of calls. Do you record calls? What's the purpose of that? So do you record your coaching calls? Do you provide recordings to your clients? Yes, I do record the calls and I um, make them available to people in their private client log via Zoom link that I leave active there for them for like 30 to 60 days. So all my Zoom space doesn't get filled up. In the beginning, I didn't record calls. I found, and maybe it's just because of the times that we live in, but early I found that a lot of my clients, when they saw that record button, it would actually cause them to be more hesitant, more shy, to be less vulnerable, less willing to really get into the nitty gritty of what we needed to get into. But today with Zoom, when I'm on a student call or a client call, you know, I do record that. And I think maybe it's just that people are more used to that happening. And I and we post that recording in that secured portal. We have to be very mindful about when we send notes, what notes we send, where we're sending them, and we have to protect the confidentiality. So if you are recording, be very mindful of that. Yeah, for sure. For sure. When I'm enrolling people and I'm including with them what's included in their package, I let them know that that's an option for them. Mm-hmm. And then as I'm onboarding people, I ask them if they want to take advantage of that option. Cause I do find there are some people that don't want it. They don't want it to be recorded and they don't want it there. So I always offer it, but I do just do a quick touch base with people. Love that. And the other thing that I would say about recordings is that for me as a coach, and I've had my clients feedback on this as well, now it helps us to be more present so that we can just listen and we know, oh my God, that was so great. Oh, not to worry. I'll go back and get it at the recording. And our clients can also be more present. What are other ways that help you to stay present while you're capturing notes in whatever format you capture those notes in? What are some other things you do to stay present with your clients? I really just try and make sure that when I'm going to be working with clients that my office setup is right, right? I mean, I need to make sure like my dogs aren't in here. My husband's not going to be playing his guitar out in the other area. I mean, I do have a private office, but just some of those like basic things to make sure that I have a environment that's like a quiet time environment where I can really be totally focused on my client and what's important for them. I was just thinking back to when to review recordings. Like that was the question that William asked in what Mm -hmm. he sent in. Do you review the recordings of the calls that you do with your clients? I have never once reviewed a recording. Me neither. But my clients 
go back and listen to them many times. Sometimes clients will go back multiple times to the same session to really let a new learning sink in as they're kind of forming new synapses and how they think about something. Maybe there are coaches out there that do that. William, I'm not saying that you shouldn't or don't need to, but I would say when to review recordings of calls. If I ever was uncertain, if I provided good coaching for a client, I would go back and listen to that call to say, what do I need to do differently? Let me let me look at how I was a coach now that I'm not in the conversation and what do I need to do differently? I think that might be the only time I would review the recordings of my calls. Are there any other times when you can think you might review the recording of a call? Well, here's what I do do for some people because I have people who I'm working with on how to have better enrollment conversations. And so if they are able to record those conversations, because sometimes they're comfortable doing that and the people they're talking to don't mind, I will, as part of my coaching support for them, review those conversations and give them feedback. Love that. Now, another thing I want to I want to bring into the conversation, earlier we talked about how note-taking, I believe, note-taking begins before the coaching session starts. We have that call prep form, that session prep form that helps the clients prepare. We review that and that's part of our notes. I also think on the back end, once a coaching conversation is done and that session is over, there's what we teach the post-session recap form. And after every session, the client just answers a few simple questions about their greatest insights that they had during the session, the top takeaways. Uh, And then there's a question that I always ask in that form that says, a question I wish I had asked my coach. And so as coaches, when we can provide that sort of post-session recap form that allows our clients to capture additional notes while they're percolating all and processing everything that just happened on the call. That too is part of our note-taking that can be valuable for helping our clients maintain momentum, maybe a topic for the next coaching conversation or for the in-between coaching that can happen securely online. Are there other ways that you support your clients in different notes that you might capture beyond just notes during the session, Lori? Well, I for sure do that. For all my people, they get the post-call recap sessions. And for people who are listening, like that's just not another thing I have to do because I have it set up so that it automatically goes to somebody 15 minutes after our appointment is done. It's automated in my system. And a way that I would additionally support people around that is I see when people fill out those forms And so if it's something I can handle for them in between, I just handle it. I type it. I type them an answer or I could make them a little Loom video and I could share that in their private client log with me and just say, hey, I saw in your post-call form that you would wish you had asked this question and it's something I I can handle for you really quick so you don't have to wait till our next call. People like so appreciate that. So William, thank you for great questions. And I hope we've done a good service of answering your questions. I just want to summarize some of the things that Lori and I have talked about today around this topic. You know, we got into right off the bat, we started talking about that early pattern that so many newer coaches fall into. Lori and I were both guilty of it to help kind of calm our nerves and is, you know, writing every word and it's not necessary. Maybe you need to go through that and 
get that out of your system, but really it's about capturing the patterns, the key words, the observations, the hunches, the celebrations, related areas, how they're feeling, capturing that in the notes so that you can bring those through lines into future coaching sessions or reference them as they need to be. And we talked about how maybe you're a pen to paper kind of person, maybe you're a technology kind of person, maybe you're a combo kind of person. No matter how you're taking notes, it's important to let your clients know what you're doing and setting those expectations so that it's not a distraction or a point of annoyance, but that it's a point of something supportive. We talked about what's the responsibility of the coach, what's the responsibility of the client, and how to not over-enable the client, but making sure that they're taking ownership of that. We talked about how our notes over time, as we review them, can even help with our market research to continue to bring in the best kind of clients that we love working with and that light us up. We talked about how to be present while taking notes and recordings. Do you do them? Do you not do them? How do you work with them? Do you review them? We got into the nuances of that and and how to optimize that client experience. We even got into the notes. Don't end at the coaching session using a tool like that post-session recap form, which all of that can be automated, but using that can keep that coaching going. And those two are part of our notes. We got into making sure that we protect the data and security and confidentiality of our clients by making sure that we're mindful of where we're posting our notes and recording, how we're getting them to the clients and having that secured place to do that. Lori, any parting words on this topic for William and our listeners? No, I would just say relax into this a little bit. Find a system that works for you. Make sure you respect the confidentiality and that that's super important that whatever you're doing is is secure with people and just you know lean into your coaching genius on this and you'll just intuitively I think end up doing the right thing for your clients if you do that awesome thank you for listening to this episode of just between coaches and also a big thank you to Lori Wayne for this great conversation you can find out more about her at Lori Rochellewayne.com that's Lori L O R I Rochelle, R-O-C-H-E-L-L-E, Wayne, W-A-Y-N-E.com. Lori, thank you so much for coming to the show again. Oh, thanks, Melinda. So much fun. I really appreciate you having me. I'm Melinda Cohen, and you've been listening to Just Between Coaches. Just Between Coaches is part of the Mirror CFM podcast network, which also includes such shows as To Lead Us Human and Soul Savvy Business. Cynthia Lamb produced this episode. I wrote this episode with Mishi Lance. She assembled the episode. Danny Innie is our executive producer and post-production was by Post Office Sound. If you want to listen to upcoming and previous great episodes on Just Between Coaches, please follow us on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you might be listening right now. And if you like the show, please leave us a starred review. It's the best way to help us get these ideas to more people. And so the tailor, having gathered together the beautiful scraps, began to sew. 
he stitched and he sewed and he sewed and he stitched. And by the morning time, he had made himself a beautiful coat. Now, when he wore his coat into the market, everyone admired it so much that the tailor decided to wear the new coat everywhere. And that's what he did. He wore it and wore it and wore it until it was all worn out. Or was it? In each episode of Once Upon a Business, Lisa shares a fairy folk or traditional tale and then extracts rich business lessons that are applicable for entrepreneurs, coaches, and course creators. Stories always take us on a journey from one place to the next. Sometimes this journey is literal, sometimes it's metaphorical, but always we find ourselves transformed. This story, The Tailor's Coat, originating from Europe, takes us through a literal transformation of the pieces of cloth and yet somehow teaches a powerful lesson. It does speak to a common entrepreneurial journey. Many of us start out working for someone else and give them everything we've got. Perhaps the tailor finally deciding to make something for himself is similar to the entrepreneurial desire to begin to create a business for ourselves. We take the scraps, the skills that we've developed, the experience that we've gained, and we launch our own business. I think it's an incredibly important skill for an entrepreneur, for anybody running a business, to be able to know that creating something out of nothing is always possible. And it's often the way forward because it's out of the scraps of what's been done before. It's out of almost the missing pieces that are not quite there that we can actually bring our creativity and bring our determination and bring our vision to create something really wonderful, really brand new and really beautiful. And then we can walk around the town with it. You know, we can be proud, we can step out and we can wear it until it's almost worn out, but not quite. To hear more of Lisa's stories and learn the deep lessons they carry, make sure you subscribe to Once Upon a Business wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you every other week with a brand new episode.